Welcome to another edition of Vancouver Entertainment Magazine. I'm EJ Love. I'm here tonight with Yanni Clark. Hello, hello. Hi, Yanni. Hi. Thanks for oh, having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. Um, well, let's let's just start this off. Um, met you one night. You're sitting on the curb on Granville. Yes. And doing your thing. And we met. And then we met inside of the Morrissey in the uh, co-ed bathroom. That's right. Yeah, I do quite like that. It's quite... Uh quite cool to be chilling with both you yeah. know with everyone in Blair yes yeah. yeah we were all out there together and uh well here you are yeah tell the folks all about yourself uh well I'm originally from the most easterly point of Australia so uh, Byron Bay so as close as you can swim to New Zealand okay it's got a lighthouse and a pretty cool history Captain Cook came through there and left some goats that still hang out on the cliff and my parents were hippies and I fled when I was about 16 and started traveling and um, making photos around the world, I guess. And yeah? Yeah. So at 16? Started. Around 16, 17, I went to Bali where my father was living and um, I actually ended up going on a workshop with a guy named Jack Bacone and Stephen DuPont who are pretty uh, well-renowned photojournalists. Right. And they taught me the ropes back then and then I never really stopped shooting. I guess. Yeah. Trying to trying to keep uh, keep out of trouble. I guess at the same time. Right. The camera's yeah. helpful. It's also a good weapon. Right. As well. Now you went to school too. Where did you go? I went to Griffith University uh, online for the most of the time, and uh, I went to a Catholic college, which is a bit weird because my parents are full full blo full blown hippies. <laughs> so that was a bit of an experience. Yeah, cool. As hippie as you can as you can get. Oh yeah, yeah. living out of a van. Well, we had a house, but it was uh, didn't have any gutters. Oh. So it was kind of falling to bits, and okay. my father grew marijuana all around the house as if, wow. yeah, it was a bit, it was, it was different. <laughs> stayed high, huh? Yeah, well, the house, the house stayed up, stayed up, yeah. Right. So now, when did you find a love for photography? The first time I took a photo on film, I was uh, going to a party, and it was the first time I'd went to a party. I was actually quite a nerd growing okay. up, and I took a photo of my mum, who had this terrified look on her face. Right. And I kind of took the photo in my, like for myself as kind of like a memory bank to realize like this is, this is when I left the nest. Okay. And I remember getting that roll of film back and it was all black and white and every image just, just I, I, loved, I loved them all and I couldn't believe that I made, I made something that just What was the took, first camera? Um, it was given to me by my geography teacher. It was an old Canon. So just an automatic SLR, nothing too fancy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that led you to just start photographing everything in sight or? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I was uh, just known as a photographer from then on and I really didn't like the whole idea of being in Catholic school and having to go to mass. Yeah. So I enrolled in an early entrance program at university. So I drive my car up and uh, ended up meeting Jack Bacone when I was 16, so I got- How did that happen? How did that happen? Um, well, I had a boyfriend who lived in, on the beach and I wanted to surf as well. So it just kind of all fell in, f fell in place. So wow. Just, yeah, I just looked online, like courses to do to get out of school. Right. And so I just got to go to university at 16 and that's just when I got to do, I just, I was yeah, basically just able to run free. And yeah. And I, after that, I went to Bangkok and did an internship with Jack when I was 18 for two years. So okay. I, um, spent a lot of time looking at his images and he spent 30 years in war zones around all around the world and right. I archived all of those images and kind of relived his footsteps 
and he taught me a lot as well. Yeah, how was that? You know, being a female too. I mean, tracing um, Jack Bacone's footsteps could be dangerous. Yeah, for I, I guess anyone. So. But you know, <laughs> well, it was honestly. I had like I really haven't had much fear ever. Nothing. I just wanted to. I, I always wanted just to live life as like at a really high kind of threshold, I guess. And yeah. he just he just had a, a like a purpose. I was like I I didn't really like yeah. I'm, I'm that that was it for me. Photography was it when I met him, and that was just the only thing I've ever thought about as a career I can't really do much else I think yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not really sure if it's a career but it's just something I well we're going to get into your photos later but I mean it's amazing it's thank amazing you. simply amazing and I had to have you on the show oh, I, thank you so much for <laughs> you're welcome so now going back a little bit here what what drew you into this line of work and a line of interest how did you really fall into that and knew that that was going to be your calling it just made me stop and actually be in life like it's a to me it's always a meditation when you're on the streets right it gives you an excuse to talk to anyone it's just like a constant learning and a, a, const, a constant uh, like breaking down of walls between different people at all times having a camera just allowed me to speak to everyone and that's all I wanted to do really was just mm. talk to people and learn from them. Um, I'm not someone who reads very much. I just kind of like to, to hear stories and, right. and and just it allowed me to be wherever, always, because I had an excuse. Mm. Now you said you lived in Bali for a while there with your dad. Uh, I was in Bali off and on for a few years with How dad. How was that? How was that experience? Um, well, I stole his motorbike and rode across <laughs> without ever knowing how to ride. I actually took my one of my girlfriends, uh, Devon Devine, who's a quite a famous Malibu rider from California. Okay. Put her on the back with a surfboard and we just, I said to dad, I was just going to the shops. <laughs> going and, to the country, <laughs> yeah. where do you want? <laughs> yeah. And we rode across the whole island and uh, didn't come back for like 48 hours. And when we got back, my dad just, Let he was, go. He just couldn't believe, <laughs> just laughed and just, <laughs> Yeah? Yeah. Oh. So it, was, it was pretty fun. So you've always kind of been on the edge of being think so yeah. yeah that problem child <laughs> well i was a problem but i was uh i was also pretty good as well but i'm not my parents just let me run wild like i didn't really wear shoes until i was about 14 13 or right. didn't like in byron bay no one really wears shoes right it's uh, just kind of just be free i guess try not to step on anything too sharp yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well now again back to jack because jack is fantastic photograph uh, photographer what did you take from working with him what did, what did um well i learned a lot of just how to kind of stay true to who i was and at times when you have a mentor you can really get caught up in trying to uh, be a photographer uh, try to please them or or like follow right. in their footsteps what did he tell you what did he give you that you took away from the experience um, mostly just the confidence to, to, to tr like try this as a, as a career path. Like he just, right. he had faith in me, like right. really, he, he, he loved, he saw my eye from a young age and said, I had an eye and not many people have that. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like I got an <laughs> eye, I've got two eyes and it's going to yeah. be cool. I got, can see some stuff and I just was, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 amazing. Your work is is simply amazing, and we're going to cut to it in a few bits here. But um, more about 
just where you are now. Um, what's going on in your life? Uh, I'm living in a hotel down downtown now, which okay. is a bit interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I guess, in, in a limbo type of, like everyone else is in the, in the current climate. Every, everyone's kind of stuck. Yes. Um, it's been it's been interesting. Um, it's been kind of in a bit of a slump as well at times. Um, yeah, and I'm. I, I just bought an old Mercedes from 1980, no and I've been. Uh, driving around maybe a bit too fast <laughs> I, I love driving i love like riding bikes and in discovering discovering places yeah just yeah. like the open road and blasting music so yeah, yeah. I might just hit the road one of these days and head out to what the, do you what do you think about vancouver i've had mixed feelings yeah for <laughs> um the people I, I find quite bizarre but in in that way pretty interesting just not very open it's kind of taken a while for me to find people I like. Yeah. Like you. Like you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, but that's just part of life. You sift through people. You 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 let people go and you just keep sifting, keep shaking up yeah. your friend group and hopefully at the end you come out with a solid hand of good people that will be by your side and who really know you. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been an interesting journey in the city so far. Yeah. Now, you've photographed the east side of Vancouver. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time uh, out there. It's kind of like the dark side of uh mm. Of, of daylight around here. Oh yeah. What with all the images that you've captured, have you taken from what you've visualized and seen, and directly been in the middle of the firing line? What what, what do you take away from that? Hmm. That's a good question. I've like in since coming to Vancouver, I've, I've basically li- been living on Australian time still. Okay. So I've I'm up a lot at night time, sometimes just wandering the streets. Uh, I've seen a lot, but I, like I, I think I keep pushing myself to limits where I want to be like like stabbed like emotionally, not like actually, but I I mean like I, I want to be pushed and I want to not feel like I want to feel safe in where I am, and I always yeah. do feel safe to be honest. Like even though there's a lot of pretty dark things happening, yeah. I think there's a great sense of community and like I've never really felt unsafe in Vancouver uh, in the East, and but I just yeah some, sometimes for me it's just actually getting out there and shooting and feeling like i have the right to shoot and to document and okay. that's more of a struggle than have anything. you run into any situations since you've been here taking photographs or hmm. um not anything too crazy here um i've for a while there i was kind of looking at the the ambulance lights in the city because there's just so many and looking at how they hit people who were just kind of walking by like people down uh who were all uh quite fancy dressed and not really looking at maybe the overdoses that are going on and just kind of interested in capturing the people on the sidelines that have just become so numb to the, yeah. the downtown east side right so that was i was chasing ambulances for a while kind of <laughs> calm down on that a bit. is that right yeah. now do you travel alone when you take these photos mostly alone sometimes with friends it's a mix but yeah. uh in the city i've been alone All, okay yeah okay yeah it's uh, vancouver's a pretty interesting uh city to say the least when it comes to you know the eye you know what you see here yeah. is what you get pretty much right pretty you much know? And, then you have this other side that, you know, don't cross over here. But with that being said, you, you've been in some really tight situations around the world, I'm, I'm sure. Quite tight, yeah. Is there any situation that you had that was 
Uh, yeah, I, I rode across India without a helmet from top to bottom, basically. And, and that's illegal. Well, it's illegal in some states. The helmet laws would change. So from day to day, they'd change. Okay. So I rode into, I think it was, uh, where was it? I think Delhi or Mumbai. And I rode in after like 14 hours of riding. So I'd always take, I'd always ride for at least like 10 to 14, sometimes longer. And I come in and my hands is just exhausted from clutching yeah. and my body's it's just I'm just about to like drop dead and right. then I, I come across a cross intersection with 10 cops that surrounded me and they all sort of grabbing me uh, grabbing my my wrist I uh, they were laughing I had all my life on me like I always traveled with everything right um, and then I just started screaming and pointing to my stomach and screaming the word hospital and they yeah. let me go crate like <laughs> I can't believe they let me go but um, and Is I that right? hid wow. in a bush for a while <clears throat> and uh wow and then left at the crack of dawn is that right yeah that was oh one, one of the freakiest experiences yeah i can't believe i got out of that one yeah so um with that uh should we start going into the photos now? yeah would you like to do I that would like, yeah sure okay all right let's do it how we doing over here guys we ready to get it done sure all Where right uh anyone you want to throw up we can talk about it okay yeah what do we have are we on now what is this we have here? So this is uh, Bunbeng Fire. So this is, I guess, uh, something I, I actually discovered, or my, my ex-partner discovered. He uh, was looking through my hard drives a few years back. Right. And at the time... Now explain was, to the audience what Bunbeng Fire is. So it's a, a rocket festival. It happens all around Thailand and Laos uh, once a year around May, in the full moon. Okay. And uh, everyone basically goes completely insane for a week, dresses up, the men dress as women, uh, a lot of tourists come in and light rockets. Uh, actually, one of them lit a rocket in my ear, like threaded it like a cigarette. Yeah, you were saying something so about almost that. died. But um, they, so every, all the villages come from like 100, 100 miles out of, and they come and they shoot these handmade rockets, these like bottle rockets, which are huge into the mountains. So if the rocket hits right in between the certain mountain range, right. they are praised with gifts for years. But if the rocket doesn't go off, they have to drink out of this hundred year old shoe kind of thing. It's all these really old kind of uh, rituals and lots of dancing and ceremony, uh, just wildness. Uh, yeah. And how long does this festival go on for? Um, it goes on for a week, but I was just there for a day. So when I travel, I don't really plan anything. I just kind of show up and I had no idea what was going on. I just kind of walked into it uh, and started shooting and actually shooting on film and I ran out of film. So I grabbed my friend's camera and kept shooting. I shot for like 10 hours. I think I had lost about a month of my life oh, yeah. breathing in the smoke. <laughs> and like, just it was, it was wild. But at that point in my life, I was quite young. I probably 21, maybe even, uh, maybe even 19. Right. I had a pretty high... Um, expectation on myself and I didn't think I got the shots so I put it away just never looked at them again for six years wow and then my um, my ex-boyfriend found them and was like what the fuck is this and right. I was like well I guess it's, it could be something yeah and um, I'm putting that into a book that's kind of like an accordion one long page for like one long day um, just trying to trying to sit down and finish that off yeah. right now are you really yeah <laughs> well, well yeah i'm sitting down right now yeah <laughs> yeah oh I'll that's fantastic there. photography yeah, yeah, thank you great pictures thank you EJ. and we got more on there right we got more to show right 
on the website or do you want this in advance um, Well, I, how about we keep looking at the side and let's look at Sham, Drudgery and Broken Dreams. Alrighty. That's uh, from the island, um, Courtney and Vancouver Island. Okay. So uh, that was a pretty interesting place. Um, what is that? That's a well, church. Slow it down a little bit for me there, buddy. So, uh, <laughs> thank you. It was owned by a lady named Marcia, and she played the cello in the church choir. All right. And she decided one day to open the back of her house to everyone. Uh, so the whole community would come, and there was some pretty cheeky things going on there, lots of wild nights, wild parties. But the front of her house, she kept perfectly clean. She had a grand piano, fresh flowers every day. Uh, you'd have no idea that the two things were going on at once. Wow. It was amazing. So she, she let me be the gardener. I, she wanted me to do her gardens, and there was like 30 cats that had died. Cats were dying all week, so they just kind of planted them in the gardens, even though I was growing veggies and stuff. I, I was kind of... <laughs> there's so, some, days, some days I'd turn up and there'd just be a, cr a new cross in the garden. And yeah. I was like, what is... Okay. Oh my I don't goodness. know how these veggies will be, but um, I was interested at the time just to see the effect of growing... growing uh, plants would have on an environment like that and it really right. calmed people down everyone there wasn't as many fights and uh, yeah everyone got involved right. and I spent a lot of time it actually became kind of like my home there okay um, and Marcia was struggling with bipolar disorder and she was known to have complete like outbursts but right. she was just the most generous woman just a beautiful beautiful heart and uh, that place is gone now it's been uh, sold but uh next to the next to marcy's is a drug rehab and on the other side is a, a church a hospital um like an amish restaurant it was like right. just tucked in the middle surrounded by all these different contrasting environments wow and so we got another one there and that was Mar marcy's church where she plays the cello so that's okay. her practicing in the front of her house oh i see okay yeah it's that's an interesting that's photograph there's one of the cats uh, probably smelling <laughs> his friend <laughs> buried he just got buried in the garden <laughs> okay yeah. ah that's me at that's about midnight <laughs> 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 that's uh that's red okay now who's red he's uh red he's a the residential he's a interesting uh, fella yeah 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 <laughs> enough I about that uh, let's internet, move off but, um, of red uh, that's all you need to know um, yeah <laughs> So people would just come uh, come over and fall asleep, and oh, yeah. it's quite open. Look, police were there every day. Oh, every day. Every day, many every. times. Wow. So you're sure to see the law. No, this guy looks like he's seen something. Yeah, he was uh, attacked by Kevin, the, the the bouncer at the yard. Kevin said that he was the guy who killed Os Osama bin Laden, who was in he made up all these crazy stories, and he had this bat that had a nail on the end of it, and he just sliced <sighs> this guy. It was just, and I, I called the uh, ambulance, and that's a lot of the ambulance coming okay. on him. Um, it was wow. just wildness, really. Yeah. But quite, quite beautiful as well. Quite, and like everyone felt at home there. And yeah, it's how a shame do you, it's gone. how do you uh, draw these people to you, or how do you connect with these folks that? You know, you don't have every day in your life, but, you know, you come in and you, you know, take their picture or ingratiate yourself upon them. How, how does that work? I, I, when I was growing up, I, I lived in a very similar kind of environment to Marcia's place. Okay. So I, I was just, I'm used to having people show up and 
really just that was like how I I think always learned as a, a kid and how I'm very comfortable and right. just I, I think I maybe get on people's level and just I just yeah I'm I'm not sure I, it takes a while I think just being just being present and, and yeah and like it's an exchange it's a collab collaboration always between the photographer and the subject so there's there's got to be that. that's my next lead-in um, with that like some of the photo uh, photographs you've taken you know you're in high-risk areas um, when there's something like the gentleman with the baseball bat and the nail in the head sort of yeah. situation when you see things like this is it hard to pull yourself away are you drawn into this and and, and would you put the camera down for a minute and and come over here and, and assist this person. Does that happen in your your it, travels? Or? It does, definitely. It's uh, time and place. I think just looking at what is important. Like, I, I think it was really important for the world to see exactly what happened at, at that Ed Marcy is just because there is, like, it, it was completely unknown in the whole community. Like, just down the road, there's million dollar mansions and no one really even had any idea that it was happening in their own backyards. Right. And I guess maybe because they were scared of it, but it's, I think it's better just to, to know and to be open and accepted. And I, when something, like, when, um, when that guy was striked on the head, I, he was on a skateboard riding away and trying to catch up to someone. And, and I ran after him and stopped him and said, you got to, you know, you got, we got to get you some help. So right. I, kind of I it just I, I guess I try not to interfere with reality and I want to shoot it for what it really is right. but I definitely don't want to see someone come into harm and, yeah yeah how, <clears throat> excuse me how, how draining is that I mean emotionally it, it, it must pull on you at some level um, I, I would say the opposite not being in those environments is more draining I think that's kind of Right. Yeah, I, I I feel more alive after being surrounded by um, like wildness and people who are on the edge of society. I actually I actually find it more um, fulfilling and like the opposite. Of, yeah, being around people who are kind of got masks on. Yeah, that's more draining for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's everyone right now. So. <laughs> and it's going to get worse. Yeah, it's going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. What do we have here? What's going on there? Um, so they are all um, making some crafts from the beach. So what is it called? The uh, the wood that floats up and I forget what it's. It's like the, the debris that you find on the on the beach, like driftwood, driftwood. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a craft, a little okay. backyard craft session. Oh yeah. 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 It's like my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> like, nice. All right. Mm. And that's uh, Kevin. The guy who had the bat, had the uh, the stick with the nail. Yeah. Who said? I I, I think I, he actually was in the military for a while. That's right. That's the guy with the baseball bat. Yeah. It was it was actually a stick with a nail on the end of it. Okay. So it was. He looks pretty, pretty proud of himself in this he, shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's before and after. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's TJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking, TJ. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's actually my buddy Rob, and he's back in Vancouver now. He was oh, just yeah. taking a time out, he just sick of the city, and he just went there and found Marcia. And was actually he was a, uh, he was kind of more like the bouncer, but the, yeah. the guy who was just down, quite mellow and yeah. yeah what do you take away from all of these people that you meet along the way? What what did, what, what do you take away from this experience? Uh, well, I think they they all kind of become a part of who I am, and I, I don't know, I, 
like I, looking at them now, I, I guess I, f- I forget a lot. I'm pretty, I, I'm someone, I'm not someone who really looks back at the past a lot, but it's pretty good to have a, a keep a diary and look back sometimes so you can learn. But uh, images are, I think, that for me. So when I look back, I remember where I was in my head at that time, what I was feeling, what happened before and after. Like it really, it's like a kind of. St- jabs me right back into feeling where I was in that moment, like kind of like a smell when you smell something like a burning, burning or like a, your grandma's like apple pie and then you kind of get transported back into that yeah, that kind world. of more yourself than ever, kind of uh, like Marcel Proust says or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of make, yeah. I'd, I'm not sure if that was the question. I, just, <laughs> I think I went somewhere else. <laughs> That's quite all right. You're allowed to do that here on okay. this show. But cool. yeah, what else we got there? That's, okay, that's... Yeah, you can go to the... Um, how about the portraits, maybe? Yeah, the portraits is the one I like. Who is uh, this? this? This is a guy in Bangkok who would change his outfit every single day. Okay. Um, he lost his wife. She ran away with his best friend. And he was a doctor. I, um, I had a translator tell me a bit about his story. And she said that after that, he just decided to hit the streets and not really give a fuck. Wow. About much. And so he was just having a jolly good time every day. And I'm not sure how his health really was, but he just seemed to not give a rat's ass about much. Um, And I'd hang out with him a lot. Um, Yeah, he just poured silver paint all over his head. And there were all shopping bags tied to the back of his body. Wow. Um, And I think the next one you'll see his face. Yeah. Oh. Very smart man that just decided enough's enough. Yeah, had let's enough. Just, let's just dress up and freak people out. I think that was what he was into. I like this photograph. Who's this? So I was in the back of a van driving uh, one of the only times I've ever used a long lens. Um, and I was just clicking along the way. He's just hanging up a, f- a public phone and he's in, that's in Montreal. Yeah. Kind of like a bit like Dracula looking. Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino, a little bit up Yeah, no, it's a pretty wicked photo. I saw that earlier today, and I went like, wow. Yeah, I like that one looking guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So the Peony, down in uh, two years ago, the Peony. Okay, Um, here in Vancouver? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I didn't ask for that to happen. I just just like the blue background. (laughs) And the hand across the... I think he knew what was going on. The hand across the in there, I like that. Yeah, (laughs) so it wasn't set up. I didn't say, put your hand there. He just was... I think maybe he knew I was going to come along one day. (laughs) (laughs) I think he was always waiting. Chance to be discovered, right? (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) That's during Songkran... uh, the Thai New Year celebration that goes for a week. Oh. I think there's about like 8,000 deaths or something like ridiculous <laughs> because everybody gets drunk. And, and gets rides. a gun and puts it to their Ooh, mouth, yeah, right? Yeah, they drive around and there's, uh, you can, they uh, shoot water bottle, uh, water pistols at each other. I hope that's a water pistol. Well, I don't know. Because <laughs> that was really late at night and they got it out of the, in, I don't know. I think it could be the real thing. Wow. But they were still playing. But yes. it's just wild. It's wild. They cover it themselves in pain and just kind of, Lose, yeah, go pretty bonkers. But yeah, there's quite a few deaths that week. I tried to stay inside, but yeah, couldn't, gotta, couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't, uh, couldn't do it. Okay, well, who we have next? It's uh, Nola Strangemuir. She was the first opera singer at the Sydney Opera House. Oh wow! And I was just walking down Sydney, down like central Sydney. I looked in little alleyway, and there she was in the light, just waiting against that red wall. Wow! Waiting for a friend come out of an appointment 
And I was so nervous going up to her because she just looked like an angel. Mm. And we spoke for about 10 minutes and she was the f funniest woman. She made me laugh so much so that I just couldn't, I started crying because I was so happy to think that she would spend that time with well, you. That when I'm older, maybe I can still be funny. And yeah. like, she still was so there. She was up on all the, she knew more about the young people than like the trends that I did. She was just so eloquent and up. I just couldn't wow. believe it. So it's a fantastic photograph. Uh, it's one of my favorites. And uh, I think she's still kicking. I'm, hope, I'm hoping she is. I've been yeah. trying to get in touch with her somehow. I think is that right? hopefully I do. Okay, who is this? That's uh, during Songkran, so during the, the uh, New Year celebrations in Thailand. I like the dog in the background. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> The dog's like, wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Oh, man, that's great. Thanks. Uh, that's a young girl named Courtney. She was four at that time. It took, that was when I just started shooting, so I think I was about 17 or even 16. Right. And she was living under a bridge with her grandma in a car. And I took hundreds of photos. I just got a digital camera. And every other photograph, she's laughing, except for that one. Okay. She was just in joy. And then that was just when she looked right down the barrel and just gave me, gave me the serious face, kind of. Wow. Yeah, she looks ageless. Like, she doesn't, I, I can't believe just yeah. that one little second of maybe where she gave me real, some real, yeah. real shot. Yes, it's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, and that's in Surface Paradise, shark-infested waters. I wow. guess not really, but the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sharks should watch out for him. Yeah, actually. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's had a couple bites in yeah. his day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And um, this one? That's from my hometown, a place called Lake Ainsworth. Okay. So it's a tea tree lake right near the ocean. Oh, it's yeah. uh, completely black if, if you look at it from above. And yeah. you see, like, it's just filled with uh, the like tannin that you get from the tea tree roots. Right. Uh, used to be an indigenous birthing hole for women. So because uh, um, the qualities in tea tree would purify the, the body after giving birth. Okay. And now it's just a tourist kind of spot which is a bit sad but it really has a lot of importance for the indigenous Australians okay and uh, I think there's a lot of weird mo I think there's some type of monster that lives at the right at the center is that right some type of thing Nessie? I, I think there's a Nessie or something there too <laughs> okay and back to red and back yeah, to red. A, okay yeah that's wonderful look at this who's this uh, it's a young chap sleeping in uh, this uh, underground Subway in Montreal. Okay. Yeah. He looks pretty relaxed, actually. Yeah. Quite <laughs> relaxed. All right. Well, yeah. So you are just skimming the surface uh, with this now. You're only 26. Yeah, that's right. I had to look that up the other day. <laughs> I think I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so. At 26, I mean, you've seen a lot. And, seen and, quite a bit, yeah. You know, is there anything that shocks you right now? Nothing. <laughs> no. Really? Not much. I don't, I'm, I'm hoping not. Yeah. Maybe if I sat down and got to work, that would shock me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm very, like, flittery. I kind of just keep, keep moving. Yeah. Keep walking. It'd be nice to take this whole situation and in the world and sit down and actually look back and reflect like I don't really have a what do. would you be doing if you weren't doing f photography what would you be into 
Hmm, that's a good question. I was actually meant to, I was pretty good at a game called netball, which is kind of like basketball. Okay. Which is, I was kind of like state, uh, some champion state in, in that age, but it really wrecks your knees, so I stopped doing that. But I had some, it's probably going to be some type of sport player. Sport athlete? Yes, athlete. I don't, Wonderful. I'm sure. I, I think that's, uh, like I played for 15, 16 years. Right. And uh, a lot of that is probably what enabled me to, be quite quick on the street and shoot because it's a lot of uh, working within your peripheries and seeing what's coming and anticipating uh, when to move. So that's kind of, I think, maybe helped me a bit uh, as a, in street photography. Okay. Yeah, but maybe I'd be doing that. I'm not sure. I have no <laughs> idea. I'd probably be, yeah, pretty pretty depressed, honestly. Yeah. What do you like to do outside of photography? Um, I I used to surf a lot. Yeah. And hang out with the dolphins. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have, okay. you ever, have you ever surfed? Uh, yeah, actually I did. And uh, Rosarito, Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, had a couple of guys that were surfers in my college at San Diego. Cool. And we'd go every summer. And yeah, I'd be the only brother out there. Nice. <laughs> but, you know, it was nice. It was a lot of fun. I love surfing. Uh, these days I wouldn't get on a board if you trusted. You know, I'd probably sink right about now. I haven't been in the water. I don't think so. <laughs> Just takes a week. It takes all. about a week. Yeah, yeah. To get back in the swing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but yeah. So, I mean, with all you've done right now, I mean, what's the next chapter? What's going on with you? What are you going to be doing next? Hmm. What's coming up? So, I'm... I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really in between, like, I mean, the cross intersection could go, like, could go back to Australia, get back on a board, right. kind of take, take a time out and reassess, or I might just start a new project. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm looking to uh, get back into working with other artists, like okay. collaborating with bands. I, I've done some work with some Canadian um, indie artists and I kind okay. of maybe we'll get more into the commercial side of photography. I'm not, I'm not too sure, honestly. Right. So now what's, what's uh, the culmination of all your work that you've done here now? Where do you see yourself beyond this point with your work? All right. Answer me this. You've been in other countries and other places and I, I guess you've seen how governments and, and, and things work and, and you've seen a lot of things that the normal average eye does not see. Yeah. Uh, has anything given you this message of, you know, I've got to change this through the lens and yeah. then try to... Mm -hmm. Well, it's just like, I want people to stop and see everyone who's around them and kind of looking at an image of mine, hopefully it kind of stops someone. That's all I really ask for, that someone like just stops and feels something just, right. and. Um, what about yourself though? I mean, how does it, you know, I, I know you see some of the, the, the women's movement now. Is, yeah. How does that affect you as a woman? Well, when I was in India, I, that was the most challenging time of my life because I was alone a lot. I had some friends with me too, but just every pair of eyes that I met was just kind of looking at me like I was just a piece of like meat basically. And that was something which I, I want to, I want to somehow integrate into my photography and change, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm really not sure how to do that, but the, the male gaze and yeah. All of that. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I am, I am thinking. I, <laughs> um, I, I have a lot of thinking to do, and um, I'm not sure where my work's going to go, but 
I think I just got to keep shooting and oh yeah, you know, just somehow. personally, I think it's going up. Thanks. Thank you, Thanks. And hopefully we're a part of that helping you get there. So, oh. and I really appreciated having you on the show today. I love being here. Thank you, Yanni. Thank you so much, EJ. All right. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm EJ Love for VEM Magazine. We hope to see you next week and we'll do this all over again. Blessings. Thanks. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you.